Welcome back to the heart of sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. Jeff, you ready to talk a little minor league rundown? Always ready to talk minor leagues. All right. It is time for our Phillies minor league rundown report. Can you run that clip if we talk about like a no-hitter? I can run that clip whenever you'd like. <laughs> I, I could say Jeff's rounding the Cause bases. Because it's, it's hitting the ball. I could say Jeff's rounding the bases and I could run that clip. Uh, let me tell you, if you want, if you want to measure the show based on me running the bases that'll be the whole half hour so by the time i get home when we were out in lehigh valley i was going to ask if they would let you run the bases but my fear was that they would reply back that i would have to also ha 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 well no actually what i thought you were going to do was bring something else up oh your your aarp card that's sitting on the the (laughs) table here i would never discuss your age or no never like that look i'm not the one or my height i'm not the one who brought the the card out to begin the show and and have it out here in the segment i'm hoping to get a discount by the end of the show what on listening to the show oh i don't charge all you to sorts listen to of me. things all right let's get into yeah. some minor league baseball um tell me what's going on in the phillies minor league we talked earlier in the show about how the team's doing in the majors uh we've got a great interview coming up in a few minutes but let's recap sort of the week in phillies minor league well, the, the pigs who we just visited, the Iron Pigs, mm, they are bacon. in first place. <laughs> so how, how many times have you worn your bacon shirt? It's in the wash right now. Oh. <laughs> now, now, this week they actually had a Spanish bacon, so they put Tokino on their jerseys Where's instead my, of bacon. I, so so wait, do you need you, one of those too? Yeah, get me a collection. So, so, so do you want, every time they have a different Absolutely. heritage night with a different form of bacon on it do you want it so i'm gonna i'm gonna admit something now yeah. okay i went to college and they have all those like sign up for credit cards and you get a free t-shirt oh no my wardrobe was yeah. based on free t-shirts how, from many, how many credit cards did you that's have? a totally separate story <laughs> that my parents don't want me to get into okay. on the air all right all you need to know is everything was paid off <sighs> as a all father right. you so so sigh. you say <laughs> no no it I, was everything I, you might have told me this before we entered into a business together <laughs> everything was paid back that's all you need to know jeff go okay. ahead talk some baseball <laughs> So, so the, to me, the biggest concern about what happened in Lehigh Valley this week was that uh, Roman Quinn. So after oh, after we went up to see, a break. I know uh, the, the guy is such a good guy, and he's so talented. We had so much fun interviewing him. Yeah, and and, and he's so talented. I mean, think about it. When he came up last year, he he brings this dynamic of speed that that really the only other person who has close to that on the team. And we have some speed in, at the major league levels, but really the only guy is Cesar Hernandez. And, and Roman would have been the perfect guy to have, at least on the bench, and he plays a great center field, and he can play all the outfield positions. So if, if something happens to one of the other outfielders, he was the guy. But once again, he's kind of bitten by this, this injury bug, and he now has uh, a finger that he needed surgery on, and he's out six to eight weeks. Torn ligament, going to have to recover a little bit. Yeah, because, you know, it's, it's not – that simple to just recover from that because you have to get the strength back in, in the finger for hitting for gripping the, the bat so it's going to be we wish him well and hopefully by midseason he'll be back and it's a tough break for the phillies because you know you want to have those options of speed and he really was playing well to start the season and it seems like some things have clicked for him and he's got a maturity at this point and an idea of, of what his plan is when he's coming up to the plate and when he's playing a game and you, you just hope that he can find that health to, to be out there so hopefully gets a little time off for covers and uh, gets right back to it yeah and unfortunately the other thing that came out of the minor league games was jared eikhoff was down at reading rehabbing had a decent 
couple innings and then came out of the game and had numbness in his fingertips we which never is, want to have that right happen. so they have now they have not said that he needs surgery they have not said that it's a long-term injury but he has been at least in the short term shut down with no expectation of when he will be coming back and rehabbing again and apparently this was similar to what happened last season with him though he said not as serious in terms of how it felt to him and he was playing catch the next day or two days later a little bit so Maybe that's hopeful, but clearly there's there's something going on there, and they're going to have to try and figure it out in order to, to get him to stay healthy enough to, to feel good and, and not cause any further injury. Right, but on the on the positive side, you have some guys that are AAA and AA that are starting to bang on the door. There's really no place for them right now at the major league level unless you're talking maybe about a couple bullpen pieces. Well, when we talked earlier about how well the, the major league team is playing in places and you know, this is the the challenge. It's the good and the bad. You want your players to be pushed, but then at the same time, you get to a level where there isn't room for them, even though they're pushing guys that are already there. Well, if I was Matt Klintak, the biggest thing that I would be concerned about, not in a bad way, but trying to figure out what I'm going to do is the Phillies have not had a regular left-handed starting pitcher in over two years. Think about that. So every pitcher, except for a spot starts here and there, has been a right-handed pitcher. There's nobody, uh, if an opponent's here for three or four days in a row, they're always seeing that same angle for the most part and seeing that same side of the plate. And there's a reason that you want to have lefties and righties. And it also changes whether or not what the lineup is of the opposing, opposing team. So, so the guy that's kind of knocking on the door is the guy that we saw when we were in Lehigh Valley, which is Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin is a left-handed pitcher. He was a national champion when he was at the University of Oregon. He was so a his second name's on the pick. back of my bacon shirt. No, that's Eflin. You're right. <laughs> you know what's bad, by the way? When you're alive on the air yeah. and then you say something stupid, like uh-huh. last week we were talking about the walk-up music for The Office and I just decided to make a comment about Office Space. Yeah, you, and you then got every time I listen, it. Every time I listen back to the show, it annoyed me more that I screwed that up. But like you're live on air and you can't really change it once you say the stupid thing. You're, it's just out there and you look dumb. So it's like, well, you're only making it worse by bringing it up more. Just admitting my, just just admitting my fault. Okay, so I should just glance past it. That's right. So let's go back. So Cole Irvin is having a A, great season. He's pitching very well, and he is a left-handed pitcher. He was a second-round pick. For those thinking that maybe the Phillies haven't done so well picking the last couple of years, here's an example of somebody that has. So you mentioned that. Now, if if you want to follow along, Jeff uh, and his son do a great job uh, on our High Hopes Phil's Twitter account where they put matchups that are coming up uh, for the night in the different uh, levels of baseball. They have, you know, stars that are hot, news and information. Jeff, you got in a little Twitter back and forth with somebody this week about Mickey Moniak. And I want to get the Jeff philosophy on prospects because the, the come at you was... The Phillies need to admit they screwed up with Moniak. He's not playing as well as they thought he would. And your response was, I mean, they said plenty of other things. Well, well, well. my my response is patience and education. And they had no patience for your patience. You're talking about the person who decided to tweet it, tweet at us repeatedly. Who's been on the show before, Sean? Yes, and I'm sure he'll call in at some point to debate you about it. Yes, but but look, I agree that Mickey Moniak is not living up to expectations. But Mickey Moniak was drafted a little over two years ago and is 19 years of age. Okay, um, He was never anticipated to be a power hitter. He was expected to be a toolsy center fielder who would bring some speed, a little bit of everything. And when you come out of high school, 
one of the first things they do is evaluate and change a lot of what made you successful because they won't make you successful at the major league level. When you're in high school, you're facing kids that are just throwing fastballs, but they're throwing fastballs at 80 miles an hour, 85 miles an hour. When you get to the minors, as you progress through it, you start to see guys who throw junk and people who can throw a real curveball and a real changeup and a real slider, and you have to adjust almost everything about what you do. You don't just come out, and not everybody's Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. Most people have to go through this process. Which is who Sean likes to, you know, he's not Mike Trout. Nobody's Mike Trout. Right. (laughs) That's why he's Mike Trout. Nobody's Mike Trout. Right. So, so, So he's only at the high A level right now. He is struggling. I was going to say, so do you have concerns? Yes, I do have concerns. But but when somebody tweets at me or says to me, walking down the street or whatever, says to me, hey, by the way, he's, I, I, when I said, I said, if you remember what I said to him is, have you ever seen him play? Do you know anything about him other than looking up a stat sheet one day or looking at the bottom of, of a newspaper, if anybody remembers what a newspaper is? And it's that thing that gets your hands <laughs> exactly. dirty, right? And he didn't, and then his response is, yeah, nobody at Citizens Bank Park will either. Well, that's a separate and, issue and about Philly's attendance that we talked about a little bit earlier as well, uh, and see, that's, that's another bug But I didn't his. read that as a, a, a shot at Philly's attendance. Oh, no, no, that's where that goes back to. He's got a bug about uh, fans not going and sort of being fair-weather fans, and so that's where... Well, I, uh, yeah, but I think there was also saying that Mickey Moniak's never going to make it, and, and my response is, you don't know that. You don't know that a 19-year-old's never going to make it. You may well be right, but you don't hit on every one of them. And if you go back and you look at that draft, that was not a strong draft. In fact, I think there was three position players taken in the first 10. It was mostly pitchers. And there is nobody from that first round who has jumped to the major leagues yet. So why we're rushing to attack him and not allowing him to develop and just saying it's over is beyond me. Why we're taking a snapshot in time in May for the and saying his OPS is low and it is. It's very low. Does not mean that it cannot improve. So it's okay to criticize. It's not okay in my mind to just shut down somebody and say He's never going to make it based on a snapshot in time. So if you're looking for some additional entertainment, engage with Jeff at our High Hopes Phil's Twitter account, and he will come at you. <laughs> no, I, I enjoy people who have an intellectual conversation and disagree. Come you mean like when you started a problem and things about the Vegas Golden Knights and Winnipeg Jets with Pat McCarthy and uh, another certain no, that's player, Nick Rickles? That, that, that's fun. When because, you, because you were trolling people, <laughs> tagging well, them in your tweets? Nick, Nick is a Vegas resident. and, and a, Nick Rickles, who we interviewed on last week's show, Vegas resident, huge Vegas fan. And this week, uh, we're going to play shortly our interview with Pat McCarthy, who somehow is a Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets, Jets fan. fan and, and was wearing a, a Jets jersey while he was announcing the game last week when they were playing each other. So when the Capitals made the finals, I made a point of sending uh, the link to where Pat could buy a Capitals jersey. Has he replied uh, yet? Yes. And then they, they have said, he said, no, I can't do that. He can't and, do that. Yeah. So I, I said I will take up the cause only because the Capitals are actually just a bunch of baby Hershey Bears. Or older Hershey Bears. So let's get to Pat. Uh, we have an interview with him today that we did. And you well, know, wait. Can we before we get to that interview? Can we just quickly get to stock up and stock down? Quickly. Okay. So with regard to stock up, because uh, I think that we it, this is important. People keep want, asking me about Dylan Cousins. 
I worry about am I, the, am I people? <laughs> uh, well, you're one of them, but but I keep getting this question, and, and unfortunately, what I got to tell you is right now the stock is way down because in the last ten games he's had 35 at bats, six hits, no homers, two RBIs, three walks, and here make sure you don't fall off your chair. 19 strikeouts. Are you going to give me any good news in the stock up, stock down n- stuff? No, not in the, well, not in the stock down because because for a season he has 67 strikeouts and 147 at bats, and and he's got to figure that out, and it's affecting the rest of his game because even though he's a big guy, he's fast, and he's not even stealing bases. He has seven for the season, but he has zero over the last ten games. Find me some sunshine in my stock up. Okay, report. so my stock up report is Joey Manessis. Joey Manessis is not a guy who came from the Philly system. He was a, he came from the Braves system. Yep, he was a minor league free agent, and he has come over and he has been tearing it up at first base. He's now he's older. He's twenty six years old. Uh, older, just turned in. <laughs> Says the guy with the AARP. Yeah, card he's about half my age, but <laughs> yeah, but he's he's twelve for his last thirty eight into the last ten games. He's batting three sixteen. He's got four home runs. He's got eight RBIs. Um, he doesn't strike out a lot, and for the season, he's batting three thirty three. He has seven home runs Leading in 21. the International League. Yeah, he's doing really well, and he, I, he's kind of that feel-good story, uh, more than a, than almost like Brock Stasi, who, by the way, they played against us. They week. did. He, yeah. he played. Okay, so any other stock up, stock down that we should get to before we play our interview with Pat? So I have a stock up, but he has nothing to do with the Phillies other than we are trying to find a way to see the New Hampshire Fisher Cats you just want to see Vlad Guerrero's son. This kid is he's not he's 19 years old and, and he is he comes from He's playing the uh, way that he's playing the Mike Trout way. Well, no, but his father is a Hall of a, a recently inducted Hall he, of he Famer. He can mash the ball. He is 19 years old. He was signed for 3.9 million dollars when he was 16. Okay. And it looks it, like a good investment. It, so it far. appears to be a very good investment cuz this kid is tearing it up. He's batting over 400. And he has 46 RBIs. So are you and, and your son going to travel to see him? Are you going to go to New well, Hampshire or are well, they playing? Well, no, they're in, they're in Reading's they're league. And they also play, and Trenton is in that same league. So the goal is to try to see him at either Trenton or Reading. And I would assume, barring um, an asteroid hitting the earth, that we will see him at the All-Star game because we're going to be covering the AA All-Star game. Well, we're going to have to try and see if we can reach out to him. See yes. if we can get that set up. Uh-huh. Let's leave the the baseball there for a second. And we had, we did an interview when we were out at Lehigh Valley last week with Pat McCarthy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about him, and then we'll intro the interview. So so Pat's is a a young guy who has risen very fast. He was with Reading last year, announced a few games, and he has now himself made his way to AAA. And he works in media relations and also announces the Iron Pig games. And, and also happens to be the son of the voice that many people know, which we talk about in the interview of Tom McCarthy. Yeah, but but for me... Like, you never I, connected I, that. I didn't connect that. And after meeting him, um, I'm just impressed with him. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't... I don't I don't think of him that way. I think that it's clear from from talking to him both on and off the air that what he brings to the table is a maturity level and an intelligence of baseball that stands apart from anything that any family, family well, and member let's, does. Let's play the interview because we get into a little bit of the community involvement, too, which goes off of the social justice aspect we talked about earlier yeah, in the and, show as and, well. And how minor league teams, major league teams, any sport can help the community. That's right. Here we go. We're here with Pat McCarthy, who does media relations and is the broadcast assistant for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. I appreciate you guys uh, coming on out to the ballpark and having me on. 
Well, we appreciate you setting everything up, giving us an opportunity to talk to the players. What's it like out here? You've uh, you've been at a couple different levels, uh, moved through the Philly system just like the players have. What's it like for you to, to make it to AAA? Yeah, it's pretty funny. I, a, lot, a lot of people come up, they say, wow, you're just like a player moving up there. I'm like, it's, it's a very different than a player working his way through the minor league system uh, to get up here. I mean, I've been very fortunate to you know start my broadcasting career in AA last season uh, with the fight in Phils, and then you're fortunate enough when the Pigs had an opening this year to join Matt Province and uh, join him on the radio and it's been a it's been a huge jump I mean uh, I came into last season having two innings of calling baseball under my belt um, and then you know getting the opportunity with the fighting fills last year to really grow as a broadcaster and then you know get the experience doing all the other things in minor league minor league baseball whether that's cooking hot dogs in the press box or uh, cleaning the bathrooms and pulling tarp so it's uh it's been a really cool experience and then I'm just I'm incredibly fortunate to be where I am now you mentioned it. it seems like you get a little bit of everything what is your favorite thing to do and then I'll also ask what's your least favorite thing to do my favorite uh, my favorite thing to do is just is just to be around the game uh, I mean I grew up here I grew up around these in a, in a press box I grew up at a baseball stadium my mom always jokes that the first place that they took me to after, uh, after I we left the hospital was they brought me to the Trenton Thunder to meet all my dad's like employee like you know co-workers and stuff like that um so as coming to the ballpark every single day is my absolute favorite thing to do. I, there's nothing that I do here that I say I really don't want to do that that day because it's all part of it. Um, so I, I, honestly, I don't have a least favorite thing I do. There's nothing about my job that is tasking. It's tiring. It's 15-hour days a lot of times, but there's nothing about it where I look back and say I really don't want to do that today. It's, I'm incredibly lucky. You mentioned your dad. Uh, what was it like to grow up around baseball, uh, see it from a different point of view than a lot of other people get to? I, you know, it's funny when you're growing up, it's all you know, and you don't. I don't think you really appreciate the kind of you know the things that you have and the things that my dad provided for me. You know, growing up, it was just I could go to a game whenever I wanted, and I didn't think anything of it. And I don't think you realize that, you know, until you get older, that you sh- it's not something that everybody gets. And how lucky I was, and the sacrifices that my dad made for me and my family, my brothers, my sisters, um, to provide us with the luxuries and the experiences that we had um you know to go to a game and just hang out and hang out in the dugout and have a 10 minute conversation with Jim Tomei one day and just it's things that at the time I didn't think anything of and then all of a sudden you look back on and you're like wow this is really really cool um I'm incredibly blessed for it because my dad has set my set me up to one day pass hopefully the experiences that he gave to me the one day hopefully when I have kids I can pass those along to him you said uh, you had two innings that you call before the season. What's it been like to learn to call your own games here? It's it's really it's really interesting. So when I was a, going into my senior year of college, I'd called basketball, I'd called football, I'd called field hockey, lacrosse, all that kind of stuff. But I never called baseball because I played I played baseball in college for two years. So at that point, there was no time to call anything. My cousin who worked for the Triton Thunder at the time uh, said to me, hey, we only have one broadcaster for a game. Do you mind coming on? And I talked to Adam Giardino, who is now a broadcaster with Scranton Wilkesbury, and he was doing the Thunder games at the time. And he was very he was open to me coming on and he gave me a couple innings of play by play. And I used that as my demo tape and I sent that out to Reading. Um, so I used that, and then, of course, with Reading last year, you know, I got a chance to... Mike Ventola and Greg Caserta were amazing to me. They really, like, worked me into getting comfortable with the system. I was commuting back and forth from Reading every day trying to fi- finish my degree uh, at the College of New Jersey. So, you know, they started me off with one inning a game, then every once in a while, okay, two. And then, I mean, the two of them were so amazing that they as the season went on allowed as I got more comfortable allowed me to do more and more innings which is something that they didn't need to do I mean they've both been grinding in minor league baseball for you know 
five, six years at this point. They've traveled all over the country. And here I was fresh out of college without really any baseball play-by-play experience. And they just allowed me to jump right in. And um, they allowed me to jump right in and get, you know, get the experience that I needed. And now, uh, you know, to join Matt Province here, it's been, it's been awesome. Matt's, Matt's so good at what he does and you know to be here 11 years with the pigs he's so he knows so much about you know this level of baseball and like the iron pigs and stuff like that so the chance to learn under him I mean it's been so beneficial the the team seems like it's such a big part of the community here in Allentown in the Lehigh Valley can you talk a little bit about what it's like and and how the intersection of sports and the community has worked out here in Allentown well it's it's every day there's always something new going on here today we had a you know a 5k 10 day uh, 10k fun run going on at the ballpark this morning um last homestand we had the Miracle League game where there were from uh, Northampton and Lehigh Valley, uh, the Miracle League was playing here. And then we had Miracle League auction jerseys with all the benefits going to the Miracle Leagues uh, in this area. There's always so much to do. Um, the first hometown, we had Autism Awareness Night where we they were wearing their special autism awareness jerseys and all of those were auctioned off to local charities around the valley. And then these guys are constantly out in the Lehigh Valley doing things for charity. I mean, they're the, the Phillies as a whole are really, really, like, they emphasis, they emphasize community service so big, and they you know they honor their players every year. All their minor leaguers that come out and provide the most community service, and we got guys here, you know, uh, Cole Irvin, Tom Eshelman, guys like that that are uh, always um, uh, giving back to the community and you know going out into the community and whether it's a camp or going to read to a school or anything like that. And I think that was put on display most when we had the Miracle League game here. I mean, these guys were out there an hour before the game time in uniform right before they were going to play a game and playing baseball with these kids who don't necessarily get an opportunity to play the game uh, every day. It was, it was, it, honestly, it gave you chills to watch because of how much you could see the joy and how much fun everybody was having out there. And I think it's a testament to, A, the Phillies, the players here, and, of course, the Iron Pigs, who really emphasize community. And, you know, I think that's why it's so cool that they're the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. They're not the Allentown Iron Pigs. They're not the Easton. They're not the Bethlehem. It's the whole Lehigh Valley all coming together. And um, it's, it's, really, it's really, really cool to be a part of. What's it like to work with players who want to give back like that and make a difference? We, we talk a lot on, on our show about the impact that sports has on society, and, and you're seeing it firsthand. You're helping arrange it, and here you have these players who, who want to be out there and want to make that impact. What's it like for you to be able to help facilitate that and be a part of it? Oh, I'm such a small part of it. I mean, these guys don't have to do what it is. that They don't have to do it. They take the time out of their day to go and do it, and they do it so willingly and openly. I mean, they, you know, whether it's going to a school, whether it's coming out here, and it really puts things into perspective because there are just guys that get it, and they get where they're coming from. They get how they got here, and they know that the impact that they have on people when they get to this level and through the minor league system, you know. No, they're not big leaguers, but for the people that are coming to this game and those people in the area, that's what they are. I mean, they are the people that they come to watch, the people that they pay money to see, and just for them to be able to come back and repay that debt to them. It, it's it's really, really cool. And, you know, just as really I'm on the outside looking in because when I see these guys doing it, and then it puts perspective in for you that's saying, you know, no, I'm not doing it on such a large scale, but what can I do at, you know, the level that I'm at to give back? Or, you know, what can I do to make a difference? Because here these guys are who go out and play baseball every day. They grind to the minor leagues every single day, yet they still have time to go out and you know, help around the community. It's really cool.
You talked earlier on about, you know, not taking it for granted, and, and we're sitting here in the dugout doing this interview. What's it like to look out at this field and know that this is what you get to do every day? You you come and play on a field that many people never get to see something this size, and this is this is your life. It's surreal. I mean, I've yeah, it's such a it, – it is really a unique opportunity that I have to – come to a game every day and just talk about baseball and watch baseball uh, I'm incredibly fortunate for it and I, like I've said I owe everything to my dad because of it because he, without him I don't think I ever would have even imagined that this type of career was a possibility um, it's, when growing up I wanted to be a history teacher I wanted to be a marine biologist until I found out I couldn't spell marine biologist so I gave up on that dream pretty quickly and you know it was about my junior year of high school I decided and it was just really cool how can you not go into it and I've never looked back since I know it's a grind and I know what comes with it whether it's the travel and the hours and you know putting in your time to work your way up to you know that ultimate goal um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything I, I you know it's something like a lot of people complain about like pace of play and like the game and stuff like that and long hours and I catch myself doing it sometimes and then I have to take a step back or somebody has to call you out for it and you realize you could be doing a way worse thing right now in terms of a job where you sit there and you hate what you're doing every single day I always tell people that if I worked in an office I'd be the one throwing pencils up and getting them caught in the ceiling because I don't have the attention span to sit in front of a computer all day I need to be up I need to be moving I need to be talking to people Um, so it's times like that when you think back and you're like all right look where you are and imagine yourself doing something else and would you be nearly as happy to be doing what you're doing now and the answer is no the name of the team is the iron pigs how much fun is it for this organization to play off that name and all the things that they do from a marketing perspective Uh, there's so much you can do with it you know i think it's interesting when this team started from what i understand and obviously i've only been here for a couple of months like that wasn't the goal the whole bacon usa theme wasn't you know wasn't the end game it was to recognize the steel industry and the iron industry and all the factories around here in the lehigh valley uh and then when the Bacon USA and everything like that kind of kick-started, it really it opened a Pandora's box. I mean, you can go so many different ways um, with those jerseys and with like the marketing and everything like that. I mean, if you go around the stadium and you know you try all the food, there's more pork here than there's anything else. Um, you go into the press box every for any morning game, you know there's going to be bacon there, and you know it's going to be really good bacon too. Um, you know, and then like today, Saturday night, they're going to wear the Bacon USA jersey with the bacon hat uh you know you see the guys out in their pregame fighting bacon hats i mean there's so much you can do with it and you know you get the chocolate covered bacon whenever you're here i mean it's really it's brilliant because you can really play on two different things you know you can play on the the local industry in this area what really built this area up and then you can also the way minor league baseball is going you know it's all about rebranding and making sure that there's always new things for people to come out and look for and bacon usa because it's so new has allowed this team to keep that same identity that they had at the beginning uh, but rebranded it into a whole new thing is there a lot of bacon in the clubhouse that I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily goes with uh, the whole nutrition thing that a lot of uh, baseball players uh, have to abide by because, uh, you know. Has been- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know uh, what the uh, what the diets of these guys consist of. I'm sure, you know, it's a lot of healthy food and a lot of you know chicken and things like that. But uh, you come to the ballpark, there's definitely going to be bacon around here. 
Uh, what's your what for our listeners? What's your day like when you spend 15 hours a day here? What you know, we we get your releases before and after the game of what's going on. But what's it like for you on a daily basis here? So my day begins anywhere between 9:30 and 10 o'clock in the morning for uh, a seven o'clock game. Um, I get here and uh, my first thing I do is I unlock the press box, get that, make sure everything's set up. Um, you know, set out new media guides if anything like that has to happen, and then I have to. I get to I work on game notes and I send those to Matt Province so he can finish those up and then it's and then it's making sure that everything is ready in the clubhouse that they have everything that they need from my end um, you know whether that's making stat packs so you know everything's up to date and then uh, you know talking to any of the guys to say hey you know giving them a heads up that there's different media requests that they might have to uh, that they may need to, you know, go do. And then once I get game notes, it's printing game notes. We have a huge joke around here that I spend more time with the copier than anywhere else in the ballpark, especially because I have to go down to the front offices to, because um, it has a staple function. And if I was to staple all those by hand, I'd probably get carpal tunnel. Um, so, so, I, I, so, so you should have your own walk-up music, and it should be from Dunder Midland too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I go through paper like I, I genuinely believe I go through close to a thousand pieces of paper a day if you talk to us after we do this interview we'll work out some branding and marketing for you as well we'll get you a little more prepared it's so funny i actually when nick rickles was coming up to hit one day and the office theme song was playing matt and i started joking about that i'm like we're you know i should really get that every time i go up to uh you know make some uh make some copies because whether it's game notes stat packs rosters anything like that i mean i'm looking at you know 40 copies of lineups 40 copies of each team's rosters 20 copies of each team's game notes which are like 16 pages each so yeah i'm everyone it'll be like beeping because i ran out of paper and everyone's like pat it's time for you to go back and hang out at the copier because it's making noises and calling for you I'm like, I know, I just needed to, needed a break from her for a little bit. <laughs> so as busy as you are with copies now, how busy is it going to be when LeBron gets here? Oh, it's, you know, it's going to be out of this world. You know, I'm really looking forward to LeBron James signing with the Iron Pigs. Um, and I think it's going to be really great for our club. I think it's going to really bring a new dynamic to the baseball team. And, uh, you know, it, like, like we said, if he's going to catch Michael, this is really the only way for him to do it. Um, it's just the credit to the you know, creativity of this uh, Iron Pigs team. It, was, it, is such, it is so cool that they, you know, you put this pitch out for LeBron James to come and play for the Pigs. I mean, who knows what's going to come of it, but it, it's really getting a lot of attention. It's been really fun to be a part of like following it on Twitter and stuff like that of like all the different news outlets and you get an alert on your phone like local minor or like triple light team is making a pitch for LeBron James to get here I'm like hey I know that billboard I drove past it today is anybody wearing 23 right now uh Jake Thompson was wearing it when he was here so uh, he is the the one I know right now that is currently has uh, 23 of course he's with Philadelphia right now so I believe 23 is open okay we want to make sure that you know LeBron doesn't have to buy it for anybody <laughs> yeah yeah I think when uh, LeBron gets here I'm sure Jake will uh Hopefully Jake is in Philadelphia and he, we won't have anything to worry about and LeBron can just uh, take 23 and uh, help this team. Well, Pat, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Jeff, that was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, I, re I really enjoyed talking with him and seeing the inner workings of a minor league team and how much goes into it. I mean, people don't realize it. it it's, it's a huge operation. It is, and we want to thank Pat for having us out there. We'll definitely talk to him more, and we'll have more on next week's show with our, our trip out to the Iron Pigs. Uh, Jeff, any last thoughts before we close off this week? Next week, we're actually heading out to Reading for, to see the Redden Fightins. We are just going all over the place. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week on The Heart of Sports. Have a great holiday weekend, and join us next week. Have a great one. Bye-bye.